Dang, maybe Steve wasn't such a bad guy after all. Or maybe we just have a little Steve in all of us. Well, hold up, that, that, that just sounds wrong. This week on The Pour Over, Dylan and Joe continue their discussion on Dead to Me 2. Listen in as they chat about episodes 3 and 4 of the new season. Let's pour it all over. Hello friends and welcome to The Pour Over Podcast, hosted by myself, Joe. And Dill. Each week we bring our bring you our thoughts on a certain episode of a TV show and most importantly, chit-chat about the very things so many of us depend on each morning. Coffee. Uh, today we'll be continuing our discussion about Dead to Me 2, the sequel to the Netflix show originally released last year that stars Christina Applegate and Linda Cardellini. Um, we get the recurring characters like James Marsden, Steve, and Ben now, and we briefly saw Lorna, Chris, and many other supporting characters. We've yet to see Pastor Wayne though, so I'm holding out on that. Uh, b- before we get into all that, let's catch up with the Porver Boys. What's up, Dill? What's up, man? It's, uh, doing doing pretty good. How are you? Pretty good. Um, but yeah, what have you been brewing lately? You know, I've been uh, making that espresso on the flare that we talked about last week mm-hmm. and so yeah it's, it's it's good man still trying to figure out the ins and outs of all that i went and watched the whole uh, rewatched maybe uh, the whole like playlist on james hoffman's youtube oh, about espresso yeah. nice i'm um, just trying to learn i mean it's a little different because uh the the flare is is more limited because it's like the pressurized uh porta filter mm-hmm. so you don't have as much control but yeah just trying to learn a little mm-hmm. bit more about espresso and all that stuff but yeah, yeah. i've been pulling shots and uh yeah it's, it's good i still like it still enjoying it nice um well as far as i know with the pressurized filter uh the porta filter it's like it's it's there's a it's easier to use right basically mm-hmm. yeah that's kind of the point you just you just don't have as much control over what the pressure is going to be because it's basically set at whatever you know mm. uh that porta filter is set at Okay, okay, gotcha. Cool. Yeah, well, how's your coffee been? What you been drinking? Yeah, so I um I picked up a bag from Audacity Coffee Roasters. I recently oh, okay. posted about it on our Instagram and um they are a Dayton roaster and I picked up the Peru Cajamarca. Mm. So, I got it right here. It's got tasting notes of creamy chocolate and toffee. With a bright finish. Okay. And You've been able to brew it? I have, yeah. I've been using in the, the, the AeroPress to brew it, and um, it's been pretty good. Uh, I feel like it's uh, just a solid cup. I think like we talk about a lot, um, just a solid cup. Um, and last week I talked about how like there wasn't... I think I kind of like downplayed the difference between fresh coffee mm-hmm. and old coffee. <laughs> And I think after getting back and drinking some fresh coffee, uh, mm. it's totally different. Like I was, I was oh, almost yeah. tasting like the coffee I had like two, two days ago. And I was like, Oh man, I can't believe I drank, drank, like I drank that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, man, it's, it, I, maybe I am more of a snob than I thought, but, um, yeah, sometimes you need the wake up call, you know, yeah. you get stuck in that for a little while and you're like, yeah, it's fine. Cause you acclimate. But nah, good mm-hmm. coffee is good. You're right, you're right. And um I they also gave me a little sample bag. I mm. showed this on our uh Instagram too. It's uh 
specialty kind of blend they made during the quarantine and it, well, it's the quarantine is still happening, but it's called, um, I hate being quarantined. Uh-huh. So, I mean, got, got to laugh, got to laugh or else you cry. So, um, it's, it's got tasting notes of chocolate, fruit and nut with a hint of okay. honey and cinnamon. Nice. I like that. Yeah. So, so how'd you hear about this coffee roaster or have you had them before? No, this is a uh, first time I'm talking about on the show. First time I've um, had them as well. Uh, one of my friends from uh, the church I used to go to recommended them to me. Mm. Um, and they don't, they don't have an actual storefront, but I think they have a uh, little coffee cart that they um, take mm-hmm. around yeah. or it might actually be uh, like a little truck. Uh, but, um, they, they just roast out of their house, I think. And, um, I picked up this bag, um, just right off their doorstep. So, um, definitely like a smaller, you know, smaller roaster. I think it's just kind of like, um, a a little project, maybe side project by, um, a couple. Um, I think their last names are the Rashad's and, um, Mm. yeah, they're out out of Dayton and, uh, wanted to check them out this time and their website's pretty easy to navigate and um you know during the covid times what you can do is you put an order on their website and then um you can either pick it up at their place or um they can uh drop it off at some drop out drop off point that you guys kind of decide cool yeah it's like super local yeah it's like just in the neighborhood i just can go on over right local and low key yeah that's cool man yeah what about you, man? Um, well, what what have your coffee thoughts been or any other kind of coffee things? Yeah, so yeah, I'm still drinking the same coffee that I talked about before, but um, I do, I'm still on that trade coffee subscription. Okay. So I kind of set my next shipment or whatever um, to be a few weeks from now because I, I still have a lot of coffee. Like I mentioned before, like, you know, I bought some for myself and then people like gifted me coffee. So like, yeah. I just, I just kind of have a lot, but um yeah so i'm looking forward to whatever trade is going to send me sure this is the first one where i have to spend my own money on it or like it's like partially because i have some credit and then i'll I'll, you know pay the rest with my own money so we'll see if i keep it up after that right Uh, the prices seem pretty reasonable actually so Hmm. i might especially during the quarantine times so yeah i know you recommended um that to me and you had a referral referral code i think that you sent me um so i'll have to check that out um, yeah, so like shipping is included, and they they have bags from like fourteen dollars up to like twenty, you know, something. So, mm-hmm. but you can kind of choose. Um, so I, I mm. appreciate it. It's not super expensive. Most of the other subscriptions I, I've looked at are generally like upper, like almost to twenty, and that's just kind of yeah. where they're at. Whereas this one, they have some cheaper ones, so I think that nice. kind of helps. And I mean, you've been on, I guess, maybe three different coffee subscription services so far like i know mistobox bean box yeah. is that one? Oh yeah 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 so yeah i guess at least three um and then i've done some subscriptions like directly from the roaster before like i oh, did right, the right. one for a little bit but yeah i mean yeah. it's just it, it just costs a lot which you know mm. i get it but you know no, you're yeah, supporting. I gotta, gotta, yeah yeah you gotta support the local roasters but at the same time like Coffee's can be an expensive hobby. Mm, um, so, do tell, do tell. Yeah, I gotta hit that balance. Yeah. So, 
Um, what are your coffee thoughts then? Yeah, um, yeah, sort of related, maybe not. I don't know, but you know, for me now that I'm d- using the flare, and I'm I'm like how mu- thinking to myself, like how much coffee is too much in a day to drink? You know, because oh. because like before I. Uh, <laughs> You know, I would do pour over, I just brew one cup a day, and that's pretty mm-hmm. much it, right? Uh, but, you know, one thing I feel like I'm realizing already with, with this, with the Neo from Flare, yeah. is like the, the portafilter is relatively small. Like, I, I can't fit a ton of grounds in there. Okay. And so, yeah, I usually brew about like 16 grams, which I think uh, average nowadays for espresso is like 18 or something like that. Okay. And... Yeah, hmm. so I'm like pulling pull the 16 grams. I'm like, is it okay to pull a second shot? You know, hmm. and, and partway through the day again. But yeah, just just trying to not become dependent all of a sudden. Be like, oh, you know, I need I need my fifth fifth shot of espresso today yeah. or something. I wonder how much caffeine is in each of those shots since they're like smaller. Yeah, that's what I was trying to think too. Because when I do pour over, I I use like 20 grams of mm. coffee. And so I'm using less coffee for the espresso, but it's more concentrated. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how it all kind of balances out. Yeah. Uh, a highly um, kind of educated side of me that knows a lot about caffeine and content and, and all that stuff wants to assume um, sarcastically that mm-hmm. a cup of like drip is like the same, like a cup, like 12 ounces is the same as like a shot of espresso, but... I might be wrong on that. Yeah, I don't know. That's like, I think I've thought that before. I'm like, yeah, sure. It makes sense to me. I mean, it's just like one drink, quote unquote drink. Yeah. However you want to quantify that. So, yeah. Hmm. But I, I was, I forgot which of the James Hoffman videos he's talking about. I think he's talking about like, like how much the dose. So basically how much coffee you're going to use. Mm-hmm. And then he's saying, I guess like classic traditional Italian espresso is actually the shots are a lot smaller so they use like oh. 15 grams or like 14 grams or something like that okay and then he said nowadays you know people kind of say like oh that's that's just like the old way to do it mm-hmm. but he's saying if you do that you can pull more shots and drink less coffee like overall during the day mm-hmm. but you can drink it more times right so i was like oh maybe you know kinda maybe like that's where that. i'm at yeah I mean, maybe i'll pull you know smaller shots but then just do it more often mm-hmm yeah, especially since it's like mostly work from home at this point, you know. Mm-hmm. Um and uh yeah, people kind of have that option. Interesting. Yeah. What what have uh, your coffee thoughts been, man? Yeah, like minor actual thoughts. Um you know, after talking about our episode last week and kind of like incorporating race into our discussion, mm. um you know, realizing that, you know, we all engage in a little bit of self-hate, you know, here and there, some internalized racism. Mm. And, um, I was thinking about actually, um, uh, well, it kind of, it's a lot of different things, but I, I watched one of, um, a clip from Hassan Minaj's, uh, standup, uh, I think mm-hmm. maybe released last year or two years ago where he talked about how his father was him and his father were at home. Uh, they got a call. It was after nine 11 from some teenager who was pranking on them and was saying like, Hey, Mm. you're not pranking on them, but just straight up being racist and being like, Hey, you know, you, you, you know, blank, blank, I'm gonna come to your house. I know your address. Like, you know, you guys better watch out. Like, um, and, and then, um, they hear all this banging on their, in their driveway. Mm. And then like, and then those guys are gone. 
go out, see a broke, like kind of like a, the Camry, like the windows bashed in. Mm. Um, and then, you know, long story short, uh, Hassan's dad basically tells like Hassan, like, this is, this is, this is, um, this has happened. This is going to keep happening. It's just the price we pay, uh, to be here in this country. And I was thinking like, man, I think that is actually the same way that I think my parents and I think a lot of um, Asian parents that uh, I know that uh, think that way. And um, and it's just like, I wonder if like for my dad specifically, if he had ever felt like Hassan at some point in his life, but then changed and then started thinking more like Hassan's dad. Cause I think mm-hmm. we get really comfortable with what we have, like our possessions and, and the capital we gain that we, that that's when we kind of become complacent and just kind of like put up with stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, in the, in, and in the same breath, like, uh, you know, like if you're Hassan in the same breath, you can also go back and like be misunderstanding or be uh, n- not very gracious of like your own family and, 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 and where they are in their kind of race consciousness you know, because, um, you know, you, you want to stand up for what's right and you want to, uh, kind of be an advocate and an educator to your family, but at the same time, they just don't understand it that way. Um, but anyways, yeah, it just race is complicated, man. Yeah. It's super complicated. You know, the whole immigrant experience and all that, like, I think that's, that's very probably accurate of a lot of, of the immigrant stories. Like, Come, I mean, a lot of them come here that they don't have a lot, right? And they're like, this is just how it is. Mm-hmm. And they, they don't want to rock the boat, especially I think like uh, East Asian um, kind of culture can be like that too. Yeah. Where, you know, you, you kind of defer to, to the the larger society versus sure. like your own experience, even though you might know it's wrong, but that's just like not, you don't speak out about that kind of stuff. Right. Um, so yeah, all, all that kind of culture, background, everything kind of comes into it, even like your own, yeah. Like economic status and that stuff too, in mm-hmm. good and bad ways. Yeah, it's just the tax of the American dream. Mm-hmm. That's how some people see it. Yeah. Anyway, well, thanks for chatting with about uh, with me about the coffee and coffee thoughts. Um, I think we got to get get to a discussion here. That's true. Uh, talking about debt to me too, like we said at the top of the show. Uh, there's quite quite a bit to talk about this week. Yeah, I feel like. There? You know, getting into the season, but you know, first off, a little synopses of the episodes, like like we say, we you know we we'll do episodes three and four. You know, first off, though, you know, Dead to Me two. This is a follow up season to the hit show Dead to Me uh, that premiered last year. And Dead to Me explores the topics of loss, grief, forgiveness, all through the hilarious friendship of Jen and Judy. And this season, the tables have turned a bit for Jen and Judy with the murder of Judy's ex fiance Steve, and Judy's coping with that death. And so, you know, we're talking about season two, episode three, which is called You Can't Live Like This. And in that episode, Jen and Judy, they disagree over how to handle the situation with Steve. And they formulate a risky plan under threat of being ratted out. Mm. Mm -hmm. And then episode four is called Between You and Me. And then Jen and Judy, they take a trip out of town, but their cathartic weekend comes to an abrupt end over some tragic news. And so those are kind of just like the brief yeah. little, little blurbs about the episodes, but, you know, a little more extended synopses, yeah. you know, summary, like, you know, what, what's going on? Yeah, man. So, what's going yeah, on? So, 
Episode 3, we pick right up with a problem of Steve's body in Jen's freezer. And she's struggling just a little bit. Okay, maybe she's struggling a lot. <laughs> um, we just with housing a dead body in her house, I mean, understandably. Yeah. Uh, we see her struggling to keep it a secret, and it's causing a lot of hurt to those around her. At one point, she even curses out her son. Dang. And then Shandy, um, that kind of weird girl, like, she, you know, she, she got some issues maybe. <laughs> um, Shandy's presence was not help, helping at all, to be fair. Then Jen's paranoia makes her day-to-day super difficult. Like, she's messing up at her job. She's afraid of what she's typing and, and like, the Google search. Mm-hmm. Then her and Judy, they still got to figure out what to do with Steve's body. Yeah. And meanwhile, Judy connects with Michelle over some wheat talk, and the two have a depressing chit-chat about taking responsibility over tough situations. And for Michelle, you know, it's about her mom. For Judy, I mean, only time can tell. But nevertheless, the two of them start forming this bond. Mm. Yeah, and then before almost trying to dissolve Steve in her bathtub, Ooh. Judy freaks out, naturally, and uh, questions Jen. Jen breaks down and admits she's a mess, and she does not know what to do until she remembers Shandy, who recommended to her that she could bury the body in a national forest. Mm-hmm. Uh, just kind of random info totally that a child random. shouldn't know, but, you know, works <laughs> she got for, for the, the show, web. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> then episode four, we follow Jen and Judy after they just buried Steve's body. They're quickly pulled over by the cops. Just a little subtle, not-so-subtle hint to privilege. Uh, they get away with just a ticket. But their nerves are high because now there's a paper trail for where they've been. Uh, they grab food at a diner to unwind, have some super dry pie, really apparently, dry. and then they stake it out at a hotel while they collect themselves. Uh, Judy is in her normal uppity self and is freaking Jen out. So Jen's usually the negative one and Judy's the happy one. Judy tells Jen that they should head to the bar and do a toast to Steve. Right. Commiserate, drink, just let it all out. And Judy shares with Jen that Steve wasn't really all that bad. And he had a soft side. She shares that when Ted dies, Steve (laughs) sat at the beach, unable to process his feelings because he just didn't know how to deal with it. Yeah, poor Steve. So the two bond over dancing at the hotel bar and their sisterhood is reignited over Judy getting out her true feelings. What about Jen? Yeah. She never mustered up the courage to tell Judy the truth about what happened that night in her backyard. This episode ends with Henry finding the bird object that Jen killed Steve with and Charlie wandering off to Ted's garage in search of his bike, only to find Steve's Mercedes parked inside. Ooh. And that's the cliffhanger we kind of end on there. Yeah. So, yeah, there, there's Man. a lot. You know, it's ramping up right now. Seriously, Episode though. three and four. But yeah, what were your initial thoughts, you know, just watching these two episodes? Man, um, I know last week maybe we touched on, like, that sweet and salty kind of balance that this show has. Like, I'm relating it to food here. But like, it's sad and it's like, um, like a drama, but also like a comedy. And I think in mm-hmm. these next two episodes, we get to see that, like that, that balance, but also like we really get into the, the drama and like, we really get into, um, just like there's like, I know last week we talked about all the emotions, like there are so many more emotions in, in these mm-hmm. two episodes, like especially in episode three, well, and four, but in three, like with Jen really breaking down, like. Uh, we see a range from a range of emotions from her. She's angry. She is confused. Um, she's scared. She's upset. She is, um, sad. And like in, in episode four, like we kind of see, um, Judy, like we haven't seen her before. Like she's like, 
despondent, like she's, mm-hmm. you know, in my mind, like depressed. Um, and because she wasn't able to do like the ritual at the, the forest, but it's like, um, of course she's upset. Like someone that, you know, wasn't a great guy, but was still very significant in her life. Mm-hmm. She wasn't able to say goodbye. So, um, yeah, like I, I really like these last two episodes and, um, I think it just re- it reminded me again, like this show is not just like a comedy. It's not just mm-hmm. like a drama. It's like a really good blend of the two. And, um, it really gets at some like really tough stuff, you know? Um, yeah. so yeah, man, that's, that's what I thought. What did you think about this? Uh, these two episodes? Yeah, yeah I definitely agree. Like we, we didn't plan it, but I thought these two episodes go really well together, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Um, it just kind of like they're, they're freaking out like what to do. And then they actually do something about it. And so we Ooh. just kind of see them, them paired together. And you know, like you said, there's just so much emotion, like so much going on already on the surface and under the surface and then under that too like it's just like yeah. so many layers right which i think is is real and, and that's kind of authentic and this show i think just like navigates and kind of weaves through the different emotions even the different genres of like you know comedy and like all this kind of stuff i think yeah. they do it really seamlessly like and so i i, I enjoyed these episodes a lot because i feel like one like the the story progressed a lot more than i expected it to yeah at the true, same time true. you know i appreciate it like, i feel like it's it's almost like focused still on on their experience of grief mm-hmm. which i think one of the main points of the show is like grief is not just one thing but yeah. it's so many things which is encapsulated by the show yeah i think in its presentation so yeah i, my, I enjoyed you, these episodes a lot yeah i think this these two episodes really break down grief and just shows like it it really sticks with you and um, there, there has to be like a healthy way to address it. So I'm like, come through pastor Wayne, man, we need you mm. right now. Pastor Please. Wayne to speak some truth into Judy's life and to tell Jen yeah. to tell, to tell the truth. Um, mm. But yeah, uh, I feel like this, this season is going in, in that direction. Like it's going in a good direction, I think. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like last week we talked about how like, Oh, we were worried it would become this like crime thing, like this crime thriller. And like, I don't know, it might still go that way, but I liked how in three and four, they just had this continuity about it of like, Hey, we're mm-hmm. sticking with this, this plot point about what to do with Steve's body and just all the grief and all the emotion that comes with it. And let's just, let's draw it out for like three episodes. So like from two, mm-hmm three to four like i felt like it was all just really strongly around that plot point and you really get to see how each of the characters like respond to that and it's like it's like really giving time for that which i think is is great mm. yeah that, that's a good point and like because when, when i was watching these i realized you know that's that's the main driver like the motivation behind what's happening but that's not the point right yeah the point is jen and judy how they're each dealing with it individually Mm -hmm. but also how that affects their relationship with each other because jen is still withholding that information right and like you know grief makes them do like weird things right and that's pretty real too like episode three starts where judy's like keeping steve company like while he's in the freezer you know that's really weird yeah but at the same time it's like you know you get it right yeah she, she hasn't had time to move on to grieve and like it's, it's kind of like a, a throwaway line at the end of the interaction, but she's like, you know, he, he, his body's like fifty feet away from where she sleeps at night. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that's um, that's 
so much more complicated than anything that most people have to deal with. Yeah, true. Um, and like just even their decision in episode four, basically to not they just gloss over the fact that they buried Steve's body in the forest. Yeah, I feel like that was a very smart or like good yeah. decision. I feel like I I was surprised at first. Yeah, I was like. Are they not gonna, you know, like show that? I feel like that's pretty significant. Mm-hmm. I think it's like the writer showing you that's not the point. The yeah. point is Jen and Judy, how they're dealing with it, the aftermath, making the decision, like everything is about their experience before, after, during. Right. Where I'm like, okay, like I get it, right? Yeah. So I actually liked and appreciated that they made that decision. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Like it was literally like a, like maybe a three minute little segment in the beginning where it's all blacked out and it's just like mm-hmm. sounds of them like digging. And then, and then next thing you know, they're in the car heading away from the, the scene. So yeah, I agree with it. That. That's like good storytelling right there. Cause like we are not, you know, we are interested in like that whole process, but at the same time, like we are really more invested in the characters and in how um, they're each processing it. And like you said, how this is affecting their, um, their friendship. Yeah, Yeah, because like when I was watching three a little bit and and in two also, I was like worried about how Steve in the freezer, his body in the freezer was going to play out. Mm. I feel like there's not really an easy way to go about that. Yeah. Then at the same time, when I was watching three, I felt like, you know, obviously they're going through a bunch of internal drama, dilemma, like what do we do about this? Mm -hmm. But as I was watching it, part of me was like, man, I feel like this is a self-imposed problem in that you kept steve in the freezer yeah where you can just get rid of him and then it it will solve some of these issues which then they immediately go and do in episode four which i think is good yeah because that then you can get to the real stuff right Mm. like jen judy like jen is being conflicted about whether or not to share with judy what's going on judy is grieving the loss of her ex-fiance who's a very complicated guy good bad all that kind of stuff like like that's the real stuff not the fact that you know well the fact that they murdered steve and then then kept them in the freezer like that that's pretty important too but it's there's underlying stuff exactly and and not that like not that that's not interesting and not that i think a a direction this show could have totally gone is like this introducing this whole like supernatural like part Mm. of steve's body being in there because it kind of (laughs) hit it kind of hinted that in the beginning of episode three and i'm so glad they didn't go there because so many shows would do that like but Mm. that's not dead to me like they don't they don't it's just a lot of realism you know it's like it's not it's not um really fictitious when you think about the things that they're dealing with though it's the things that they're dealing with are ridiculous and crazy but it's Mm. like like realistic like dang like this can actually happen to people in real life and this is Mm -hmm. how like people would really process it you know um so yeah uh, i'm glad the direction that they're going in uh i i've really liked just the whole like the feel like the emotionality of three and four um yeah like i i don't know don't have really a lot of bad things to say Mm -hmm. um there are a lot of funny bits in here too. Like, you know, when, when, um, Jen bumps into, uh, Karen's husband at the oh, hotel. Yeah. Woo. Awkward. Super awkward. That that was like kind of random. So I feel like they're sort of just setting up different breadcrumbs to mm. potentially like basically have this whole thing come back to bite them. Right. 
Because, you know, at the end of episode four, I, I was thinking this is almost a perfect conclusion to this whole Steve saga, at least Ooh. the um, the real aspects of the murder and the cover up, I guess, not right. the emotional parts. But I was like, oh, they could cut it off and it's relatively clean. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, one that they got the ticket from the officer. Right. They ran into Jen's neighbor, yep. you know, all that stuff. I don't know if like they they paid for a hotel. I feel like that's not the right move, but whatever. Mm. They did it anyways. Mm-hmm. You know, so like all these things yeah. could potentially come up. May- maybe that's where like Nick and like Detective Perez yeah. come back. I, I don't know. And, like and later Charlie episodes. found the Mercedes too. Oh like, yeah, that's most. That's very obviously Steve. You know, like yep. right there, straight up evidence. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, okay, I'm sure this will come back a little bit mm-hmm. later on, maybe toward the end end of the season when things start ramping up. Mm-hmm. And there's more drama in that sense. Yeah, and I think um, Judy's kind of budding relationship with Michelle mm-hmm. is is kind of like foreshadowing this, um, just this, yeah, this, this kind of side relationship she has that could be kind of a wedge between herself and Jen. Yeah, you know? yeah. When I was watching them, I was like, "Man, uh, Judy about to spill the beans over here mm. and, and tell tell her what's up." Like at some point, I think. Yeah. Right, because they're talking about deep stuff. You know, talking about family and just um, she's talking about taking responsibility. You know, because Michelle's you know father passed away and then her mom changed after that. Mm-hmm. And now and now Judy, she's processing through loss and all that too. Like, how is she going to change or not change after mm-hmm. the loss of Steve? Yeah. So I feel like there, there's a strong potential. Somehow she's just gonna like let it let it loose. Be like, ah, oh, Michelle, oh, this this thing happened, and then it will be bad. I don't know. Yeah, and with the weed, like think about how Judy and Jen first connected. Mm. They had a little smoke on the beach, That's and then true. their friendship kind of went on from there. Mm. Very true. Yeah, when when they ask each other to be their person, you know, maybe maybe it won't work Ooh, out. True, I I do remember seeing that yeah that that's that scene at the bar where they're like will you be my person like yeah i think that's that's a very pivotal scene there really important yeah i think that was probably my my favorite scene out of the two episodes maybe the season so far Mm. where i feel like that like you know up to that point we're kind of catching up on just the the facts of what's going on like oh they buried steve and like all that they're kind of working through that and that's, I feel like they sat down and started talking. Jen and Judy got very emotional. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's like the humanizing point where they they started. I mean, not that their relationship was bad. I mean, in the beginning of the season it was. Mm-hmm. But that was, I feel like, when they went a level deeper. Yeah. And that's like, I feel like that, that, was, that was key. That's when I was like, okay, this is what we were building up to, really. Right. Yeah, I think it it says something more than what has been happening in in season one and season two. Like we know they're like this, like you know mm-hmm. we know they're like close, but to call someone your person and then like after the whole roller coaster of the day, like mm-hmm. definitely Jen and Judy are so much closer going into episode five. Yep, yep. And then in in like their writing fashion, very well done. Like they have that guy come up and ask if they want to dance. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh my god. Can you read the room, dude? Yeah. Yeah. They're like hugging and crying. Like what the heck? But it's, it's like hilarious because mm-hmm. you know at the same time you know they 
they just go between the emotions like and but it, it didn't feel like fake or, or kind of stupid either right i no. feel like it still felt real and then like they, they oh, had that yeah. really they had that real moment between jen and judy but then it just seamlessly transitions to this like comedic thing yeah which actually helps them because then they just go and dance and then like they just continue on and basically that moment yeah like vulnerability and just kind of um grieving the mm-hmm. loss I love how like men are like side pieces in this whole mm-hmm. like show. Like um they're just like made to look a fool. Like even the cop in the in the beginning of um episode mm-hmm. 4, I mean like yeah, he just seems like a total I don't know. weirdo. Um yeah. and then yeah, the it's kind of bookended by the weirdo at the bar, I guess. Um but yeah, I mean, this show is totally about Jen and Judy and their sisterhood. Um, but yeah, uh, and I don't know. Um, it kills me that she like cursed at Henry like that. And mm. that like that, that whole scene was, um, was hard. I mean, and, um, I'm curious what's going to happen with him finding that bird object. Like that's another piece of mm. evidence, you know? Um, and then, you know, uh, Charlie and their Mercedes. So yeah. um, I- I'm wondering where they're going to go with uh, those things. Yeah. I think the the next, like, major thing in episode four, too, was was the death of the dad bird, the mom bird or whatever, you know? Oh, yeah. We talked and about that so, last week. Yeah. It, like, bookends the episode in some ways where, like, this, they had two burials in this episode. One, mm. Steve's body. And then at the end, they're burying the bird, too. You're right. Which I think ended up being, like, symbolic slash representative of different things for different people. Yeah. You know, obviously, Henry's still grieving the loss of his own dad. And then Judy, she's just thinking about Steve during all of that. Um, so it's, it's, it's kind of deep um, and interesting. I don't know if you have thoughts on their decision, basically, to kill the bird and have, like, a second funeral or first funeral, however you want to look at it. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, you know, they, they had a, a moment for, um, the bird and they didn't have a moment for Steve, you know, that mm. those were kind of like contrasted and, um, and we got flashbacks, uh, when Judy was thinking about Steve while singing mm-hmm. about the bird. And I think she's like reminding herself that like really Steve wasn't, you know, such a good guy, you know, at the end of the mm. day. Because of the things that she, um, uh, but by the way that she was treated and, and just type of person that Steve is, he's a, he's a butthole. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, the first thing I thought of was, okay, the mom bird died. What does that mean for Jen? Is that like symbolic? Mm-hmm. Is Jen in yeah. trouble? You know? That's, that's a good point. Cause I think she ties that to, to it. Like in one of the first two episodes, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of where she she's still continually worried about what's going to happen to her in relation to the kids right yeah and like <laughs> thought it's it funny but it's like what what the heck in, in episode three when and they're like oh how long are we going to keep them in the freezer they're like J- just until the boys go to college <laughs> yeah. like seven years it's like what that's the? a long time <laughs> and then, yeah and then jen comes to realize that's a long time and judy's like yeah um i know <laughs> yeah 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just interesting. Yeah. What, what, I don't know what that means, but now, now Jen is caring for the baby birds though. Mm-hmm. Like at the end of the episode, she's feeding them, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I feel like there, there's something there, potential foreshadowing. I don't know. Yeah. Right. Well, you know, suffice to say, I'm looking forward to episode five and six. Um, it's getting good. Yeah. Any any other yeah. thoughts about uh, these two episodes? Yeah. As, as much as I kind of rag on Shandy as being like just kind of kind of a little, little different um, mm-hmm. from from Henry, that's it's like very interesting that they're best friends. Oh, yeah, <laughs> right. Because they're like totally different people. Hmm. But, just like saw another couple on hmm, the show. Hmm. Oh, good point. Good point. Yeah, yeah but she she's just. The deadpan delivery is is funny. I appreciate it. And like yeah. even when she comes back to apologize, like when she tells Jen, like, "Oh, it was me that killed the bird." Yeah. And she then she, I mean, she's not super apologetic, and she's just like, "Yeah, I, I didn't realize birds were mostly liquid." You know, like it's <laughs> yeah. like stuff like that. Like, oh what man. In the world, um, do I scare but, you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Yeah, but that leads to the line, you know, when Jen says to, to Shandy, he's like, sometimes people need a friend more than they need the truth. Because, mm, uh, yeah. you know, because Shandy's broken up. I mean, Shandy, Shandy's emotional, you know, she's, as much as the show presents her as not. Because she's like, I don't want to tell Henry this. True. And obviously, yeah. all four episodes thus far, Jen is struggling with, should she tell Judy mm-hmm. about what really happened? And she's almost done it like a couple times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and then she she gives this line to Shandy, and to me, I'm like, you know, she's just trying to rationalize it. Like, at what point, like, is she ever going to confess? I don't know. Yeah, I feel like it wouldn't be in it wouldn't be right of the show to like hang their hat on that kind of a expression. Mm-hmm. Um, only you know, time will tell. We'll have to see what happens in five and six. But I have a feeling that what she says is going to kind of come back and bite her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think so too. So I mean, obviously, she's gonna have to tell Judy at some point. I think. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I don't know. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And just another note too, like they they use a lot less flashbacks in these episodes. Yeah. Which I think true. is something we talked about last week. Where it's like I'm not super into that storytelling technique. Mm-hmm. Um. And they decided to lean off on it in yeah. these episodes so i think all in all i'm like oh yeah it's everything's trending up trending positive it's really like i think with with less flashbacks you get it you really get locked into each episode mm-hmm. like there's not that chance for you to like kind of disconnect and feel like you know you're you're being derailed in some way um so definitely Really good. I, I want to like bring up funny stuff in this episode, which there were a ton of like really funny yeah. stuff, but um, I just feel like these two episodes were very like very plot driven, very like mm-hmm. emotionally impactful. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if you noticed, like at the hotel, the the desk clerk or whatever uh, was also an Asian woman. Like like Karen is an Asian woman. Oh, and then like I I mean I, I'm probably See, I like, thinking notice. about it a little too much. Oh, okay, yeah, there you go. If you didn't notice, yeah, where I was like, man, all the Asian women are just, like, annoying people in this show. <laughs> like, like they just get in the what? way of Jen and Judy. Yeah. Like, whatever they're trying to do, they just, like, hold on, um, holding them up. Oh, where that's the right. Desk she clerk was, was Asian. like, oh, we don't have a room. And then she's like, Jen says, no, like, can you check again? 
and she's at the computer and Jen's like, mm-hmm, like I knew you had a room kind of thing. What is um, Liz Philbin trying to say? What are you yeah. saying, Liz? And Will Ferrell, <laughs> what are you guys saying? Yeah, I'm like, what's what's going on here? You got Karen and then like this this uh this other woman too. I mean it's only two, it's hard to say. But yeah, I noticed that. I was like, man, this this girl's annoying. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, she's Asian woman. <laughs> Just like Karen. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. I um I'm gonna pay more attention next time. Maybe that maybe that's how implicit some of this stuff is. Um but cool, man. Good talking about Dead to Me too. Yeah. Just keeping it going. All right. Well, now it's time for our weekly segment. What's making you happy this week? When we share about one thing that's recently been giving us good energy and just those good vibes. So, Dill, what's making you happy this week? Yeah, this week, uh, for me, you know, uh, since we're quarantined, kind of work from home, all that kind of stuff. For me, just small things, really just trying to make my home office a little more like workable. I, I don't know. I think I'm realizing the setup isn't ideal. Mm-hmm. Like I think it, it like gives me a lot of eye strain and have like the lighting set up. Okay. So I've been looking at it, like getting like a lamp and like that kind of stuff. Just, okay. just you know, ways to make it want a, a little more homey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Small things, but also like yeah, reduce eye strain. So yeah, just just thinking about those things. Like, oh yeah, how, how can I set up the space? I remember when quarantine first started, I was like, because the office was kind of messy. I, I didn't really use it a lot, mm-hmm. um, but I was like, just temporary because, you know, we, we had to be quarantined or whatever. Then at some point, I was like, it seems like we're going to be here a while. And so I like set it up kind of, mm-hmm. at least I cleared off the desk and put my stuff on it. Mm-hmm. Sure. Now, many months later, I'm I'm like, okay, it might still be here even a longer while. <laughs> so I need to start thinking about some other stuff. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so yeah, just uh, thinking about those things, being a little distracted maybe, but giving small amounts of control in my life perhaps. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Nice. So yeah, setting up the office. Nice, cool. A little tidying yeah. up, a little, jo- little um, home makeover job there. Yep, yep. Yeah, well, what about you? What's making you happy? Well, you know, obviously getting a fresh bag of coffee and hey. um, getting that sample bag and I think hopefully making a connection with Audacity. So um always love when kind of we get shout outs from, you know, Flair and like Oak Cliff mm-hmm. and uh, White Rock Coffee in Dallas. So it's definitely cool to, to do that and um, just make connections. Uh, but also I, I was able to kind of get out and ride my bike this week, mm-hmm. uh, which is really fun. I think I talked about it before on the show, but, uh, one of my, uh, bikes, um, blew, blew the tire, the, the tube Mm -hmm. on the inside. So I got that switched out and I was able to go, um, get able to go riding and did a little, um, did a little trail riding too. So definitely, uh, good to get out there, especially kind of when the day cools down a little bit, like, you know, hit like seven or eight, you know, it gets to about 80 degrees here in Ohio. I know that's mm. not the case for Texas, but nah, nah. <laughs> it's probably still like 90 for, for you right now. Um, but yeah, it was, good, it was good to get out there and just get some fresh air and do some exercise. Nice. Yeah, I got to do that. can't stay inside all the time. Right. So, yeah, man, um, that's what's making me happy this week. Awesome. Cool. Well, it's good chat with you, Dill. And man, I look forward to talking about episodes five and six with you next week. 
Oh, yeah, most deaf. This was the Pour Over Podcast. Follow us on Instagram at pourover underscore show to stay up to date with the Pour Over gang. Our artwork is by Daniel Liu. Find him on Instagram at Here Comes Daniel. Music is by Joshua Yin. You can listen to his other tracks on soundcloud.com slash kidmajestic, one word. Thanks for joining us and take care. See ya. Deuces.